0: comments, ideas and opinions of the ESP podcast and ESP tipcast are those of the host and guests and do not reflect the show's sponsors. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support us, please write a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your portal of choice and please consider making a donation at www.espanswers.com. Just click on the donate button. Production of the podcast is not cheap nor easy, and we really appreciate any support that you can provide. Thanks. Welcome to ESP TipCast 101. Is periodization important? Hey folks, just a reminder that this podcast relies on the support of its listeners. Please help me deliver the best content by donating through my website, www.espanswers.com. You can also take the time to write a review on iTunes. Thank you. So, it is March now, and I am back. I know uh, podcasts can seem like they kind of come and go. Uh, I do try to keep a regular schedule, but, you know, what can you do? Got a lot of stuff going on, Um, but I've also got a lot of stuff in the works, working on some new interviews, which I'm going to mention at the end of this show, so you want to stick around for that, but... Uh, Picking up where I left off, I want to get back into this discussion of periodization and really rethinking periodization, training load, and uh, how we're going to use that. So I'm going to give you a little scenario here because it is springtime and racing has really started to burst onto the scene. Uh, And if you're like me, uh, you may be reviewing your current plan and how it matches up with your races ahead probably have done at least one or two races, maybe small races, uh, uh, training races. But if some of those big goals are coming up soon, perhaps you're already fine-tuning your fitness to hit your first peak. As is common, many of us rely on periodized training plans. Uh, Those are plans that target specific abilities or aspects of fitness to try to minimize overtraining and injury while maximizing training gains. In essence, you can't train everything all the time. So you have to prioritize what you are going to train. So let's take this scenario. Uh, you've built this plan up. Okay. Around races and goals for those races. And that plan may include details on the type of training you're going to do, how much, how hard, when to recover, time in training zones, etc., cetera, et cetera. Maybe you also use colorful uh, charts to depict that training. You spend hours mapping your way to success. It's an absolute thing of beauty. Trust me, I know. I've been there. Then two months in, you get the flu. Time to rework that plan, maybe. Uh, It might make some small tweaks. Depends on how sick you are, how much time you've been laid up. Uh, But whatever else, you make, make some changes. Then the holidays hit. Okay, and and if you're like me, the holidays are hit or miss. But all that family stuff really starts to hamper your training, or perhaps you get a wave of of uh, colds or or flu or illness sweeping through your family. Either way, now you're really off course on your plan. But your fitness is still pretty good. Uh, you're progressing steadily, uh, and so you you decide to just kind of you know not worry about the plan so much, but you just kind of plug ahead, keep your training up. Then two months later, it's another illness or an injury, and you reduce your training once again. Now you're eight weeks out from your your major goal of the year, you're five pounds overweight, uh, and you just feel like you're in a huge hole. But rather than try to rewrite that plan yet again, you simply chart a shorter course. Maybe a few weeks ahead, you're going to retest, then you'll rechart the rest of the way to that major goal. Within a month, that weight is shed uh, through just some small changes in your diet and your fitness looks really good. Then on race day, uh, your performance is mixed. Now, if it's a bike race, maybe you're really struggling on the climbs, but you're able to get back onto the group. Uh, For a triathlon, maybe the swim and or the bike just don't go as well as you've hoped. Uh, But then you pull off a stellar run, uh, you know, maybe top three or top five for that day. Uh, Either way, you still manage to hit your goal. And a few weeks later, you hit a second goal. Now, if that sounds all too familiar, email me. Really, tell me your story, ESPPodcast at gmail.com, because I want to know, uh, because in fact, this is largely my story from last season, and it's one of the reasons why I've begun to rethink the need for detailed, periodized training, and really begun to think more about steady, incremental training, planned only a few weeks at a time, alternating my focus on different areas. In some ways, this is a lot like non-linear periodization in that you spend shorter periods of time working on a few abilities, maybe two abilities for two or three weeks. Um, but outside of uh, you know a much more general year-long plan, uh, I've really skewed all the charts and have trained more or less week to week. Now, if you followed me since the beginning, though, You might be saying, oh, my God, this is heresy. Um, But there's good reason for my changing views, not the least of which is that the evidence is not so much on the side of periodization, especially for endurance sports, uh, as well as my own experience of trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. In short, I do believe that on at least some level, periodization is a really important and helpful tool for training. However, let's face it, folks, it's a pain in the ass. And for uh, the well-coached or highly intuitive or objective athlete, it's probably not, not essential. Why? Well, it's simple. No matter how much we plan our training, our bodies and our life ultimately dictate how we should train, what we should do, whether or not we should rest, regardless of whatever that training plan says. So then... You might then be asking, well, what what's your tip here? Well, it's more about a prelude to a longer story that I'll be developing over the next year. However, I recommend that you still develop a general season long overview with all the important races, travel dates, other events. Uh, including well-positioned breaks, okay? If you're looking for tips on how to do that, head on over to www.espanswers.com, search periodization, you'll see lots of old articles and links to the old podcasts uh, if you haven't heard those before. However, you definitely want to stop obsessing over the details, okay? If you have a coach, let them obsess over the details. But if you're self-coached, look at your data and listen, listen, listen to your body, okay? Make changes on the fly and focus on steady progress. So one important lesson to be learned here is that less really is more, okay? And, and we see this in the research, as noted in a 2013 by Siler et al., uh, who looked at well-trained cyclists who performed different types of intervals versus just uh, long, steady, easy training. Okay, and he took a group of cyclists, and what he found is that the group that did four times eight minute intervals at just under eighty percent of their VO two max power made hands down uh, the greatest gains in performance across the board. And this was in per, uh, performance in VO two max power, but also in a performance time trial and time uh, time to exhaustion, all of that good stuff that that really tells us that the training worked, and. They were heads and shoulders above groups like the four by four minute group, basically higher power output, harder workouts, or the four by 16 minute group, which did lower power output, lighter workload. And then again, you had that really just that low intensity endurance group. And from this, their work concluded that it's not just intensity, but the total amount of volume load, i.e accumulating a certain amount of time at a specific intensity, basically hard, but not completely blowing yourself out where you got to take uh, two or three extra days of recovery or you risk injury or illness. Basically, sure and steady training yields more. So at its heart, it's really saying, look it, don't don't obsess about details and don't definitely try to just slay yourself in training because you're not going to get the most out of training. And that really gets back to this whole idea of sure and steady. If you can accumulate very steady training over time, particularly if you are an age grouper maybe and you don't have a lot of time, you don't take lots of time off and you keep training all the time and you will hit the mark. Hey, that's it for TipCast 101, but if you'd like to learn more about this topic, then you are going to love my upcoming interview with the aforementioned Dr. Steven Seiler. Dr. Seiler is a recognized expert in training, periodization, and performance, so if you have specific questions, email me as soon as possible at ESPPodcast.gmail.com. And I will try to sift through those and uh, ask Dr. Siler those who will probably be talking with me in April. Also be on the lookout for part two of my swim feature where I'll discuss what my research on wetsuits has taught me about swimming and about how to choose a wetsuit. And I'll give you a little hint. It's not just about the price tag. And on the heels of that tip cast, I'll also be featuring my interview with triathlon coach Sergio Borges and we will be talking among other things about wetsuits and swim training so be on the lookout finally as I mentioned don't forget to stop over at www.espanswers.com you get more great info there and you can donate uh, you can also write me a review on iTunes until our next tip cast remember folks if you're not thinking ahead you're falling behind later